being really exhausted was something that I just saw all over the place. And when I started also talking to other CHOs, I got the same feedback. So something has dramatically changed. And, you know, reflecting on that, the dramatic change has for sure been the pandemic that just brought all of us to an extreme limit. And I mean, it was a phenomenon around the world. So nearly everybody was touched and everybody was touched even if it was in different ways, you know, but people suddenly were forced to work from home if they were able to work from home, of course. And I think all of that now, you know, just for such a long time, weighs so heavy on people. And therefore, you know, I think there is something that I would call a global exhaustedness for employees around the globe, particularly the ones who had been in home office now since such a long time. Hi all, welcome to yet another episode of the Hacking HR podcast. Today, interestingly, I'll be beginning with a short story for our podcast listeners and viewers. Um, by conventional measures, last year was stellar for Sally. The last couple of months had been tough, but as the global human resources leader in one of the renowned global organizations now working from home, her role was busier and more strategic than ever. She planned her typical brief break over Christmas, expecting to return to work refreshed in January. But when Sally took a peek at her 2022 calendar, it felt impossibly overwhelming. What followed was something she described as a total collapse. She spent days in bed, mostly hiding in the darkness of her room. Ultimately, Sally took a six week holiday from work, marking the first time in her professional career she had been off for more than two weeks at one time. We are talking today to Livia about why employees globally today are exhausted and hitting the wall. Livia has spent close to two decades in leading human resources globally in different industries. Hey, Livia, it's great to have you with us today. How are you? I'm good. Thank you, Natasha. Thanks for having me. Thanks, Livia. Uh, I'm sure that the story would have rang a bell in your mind. Uh, perhaps at a personal level and professional level to see people around you going through this day in, day out lately. Which brings me interestingly to my first question, and I'm sure our viewers and listeners would love to hear from you, is burnout of employees is nothing different or new at present. The only thing that we are seeing right now is the upward trajectory, which is increasing even more and more as the days are going by. So in your experience, uh, what are some of the different levels of burnout that you have seen around you? Uh, and what are some of the contributing factors for these to aggravate at this point of time? Yeah. So Natasha, that's such an important question. And I think you rightly said, right, it's not a new phenomenon. It's something that was always there, but it just felt at one point, you know, when I looked around like, oh, wow, now it's everywhere, you know, and of course not everybody calls it a burnout, you know, but being really exhausted was something that I just saw all over the place. And when I started also talking to other CHOs, I got the same feedback. So something has dramatically changed. And, you know, reflecting on that, the dramatic change has for sure been the pandemic that just brought all of us to an extreme limit. And I mean, it was a phenomenon around the world. So nearly everybody was touched and everybody was touched even if it was in different ways, you know, but people suddenly were forced 
to work from home, if they were able to work from home, of course, they had to deal with a lot of additional topics that formerly were, you know, taken care of by others, you know, whether it's looking after the children, making sure that they can go to school. Homeschooling was present, I think, for all parents around the globe, but also taking care of elderly. Suddenly, you know, staff couldn't come to their houses or, you know, they didn't feel safe anymore, you know, bringing them to more public places. And then, of course, you know, also in addition to all of that, anxiety and a loss of people that we loved was a constant stress. And I think all of that now, you know, just for such a long time, weighs so heavy on people. And therefore, you know, I think there is something that I would call a global exhaustedness for employees around the globe, particularly the ones who had been in home office now since such a long time. Completely echo uh, with whatever you just shared with us. So given that as the background, Livia, how do you see managers or leaders uh, now leading their teams differently? Or do you see them also burning out and, and getting exhausted in terms of what is it that they can continue to do to keep, keep their team members engaged? I mean, I think like you rightly said, you know, the leaders are in a very similar situation. And I mean, there are two things to it. One thing is, you know, being exhausted, having to cope with, you know, a world that I was just describing before. In addition to that, you know, many, many companies have not arrived in the new way of working. It's only clear, okay, we're not going to go back to what we had before. In many countries, we still have a lot of restrictions. So there is also not really an open office again. And, you know, many companies haven't found their way. I mean, you saw that in the press, right? There were announcements from big companies like, this is what we do, you know, everybody back in the office or everybody back for two days. And then two months later said, oh, no, 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 <laughs> turn around, you know, because the talent tells us, excuse me, I'm not up for this. If you want to do this, you know, I go somewhere else. So there's still a lot, you know, up in the air where companies have to define how do we want to do it and how can we do it, you know, to really create a way to collaborate and a way to work that is effective from an output and performance perspective, but also meets the individual needs of employees. And then, you know, coming back to your question, we haven't worked with leaders and helped them. How do I lead in a hybrid environment? How do I lead effectively? And what needs to change? I give you a very concrete example. At the moment, we very often still find ourselves in this home office pandemic setup. First meeting starts early in the morning, then it goes back to back to back to back to back until the day ends. And then people turn around like, oh my God, you know, my brain just feels like putting and I cannot think anymore. And this is an additional factor, you know, that contributes to this exhaustedness that everybody feels because our brain just needs breaks, you know, and it, we need different ways of re-energizing and need to implement that in these hybrid work uh, environments. Because in the past, you know, when you were in an office, you had to walk from one meeting room to the next, you know, this was the first break you had. You accidentally, you know, stepped into the one or the other colleague and you had a wonderful conversation, which was off work. So you also gave your brain a break. Yeah. And then maybe in between, you know, you had your lunch break and you went outside and, you know, just had a little bit of sun. So it was a very, very different setup. And we didn't find these kind of, I don't want to call it rules because there's no rule about it, but these mechanisms for the way that we will work together in the future. 
interesting. So um, what I often see and hear in, in the HR fraternity is uh, if, they, if, if, if the organization and people are going through this kind of a uh, burnout phase, it's best to either get a counselor on board um, or to send them for some kind of a coaching uh, or mentoring sessions that can help them uh, redefine the way they, they are uh, leading their work life and, and personal life uh, balance. Uh, I think there's something beyond that. Uh, it's just not about counseling and it's just not about coaching or mentoring. It, they, they, there's something beyond that organizations are still not thinking and they're not able to bring it onto the table. So mm -hmm. your experience and, and your expertise uh, in, in terms of what is it that organizations can get creative in um, and ensure that they're not doing the traditional ways of, of helping people to cope up with their burnout phases. Yeah, and I think you mentioned it already, you know, it's not an individual problem. I think when we want to approach this and want to be successful, we need to look at it from a systemic point of view. And the individual, of course, is part of the system. Yeah, so it's not wrong to also focus on the individual, but we also need to think about processes, even tools that we make available that, you know, help to find different ways of collaborating to create healthy work environments and you know just different ways of doing that i give you another example you know if we continue in a more virtual world with a lot of meetings the question is do we really need all these meetings or how do we just in a different way submit information could it be you know a session that i pre-record where I give all the download about a topic and then we have a meeting to really get together to have discussion yeah what are maybe other ways to do this differently to just help people free up calendar time and not just go from meeting to meeting to meeting so that's just one example the other thing is again coming back to the systemic view is what are learned behaviors that support the organization in a positive way what are learned behaviors that are not supporting right now in a positive way? This is true for leaders. You know, what kind of leadership behaviors do we see? You know, what is it that we have to work on to help leaders change their behavior to be able to detect where does an employee need help? How do I ensure that I see, you know, how much work is there in my organization? How can I ensure that I give people a proper break? But then also from an employee's perspective, I think we need more and more also empowered employees that say, hey, I have enough on my plate right now. If you tell me that this is very important, let me share with you what else I have and let's prioritize together what I should deliver and what has the highest priority. We need people who don't feel, oh my God, you know, it's just all thrown at me and I need to cope with everything. But here I am and I can stand up for myself and for my health and say, look, this is what I'm able to do and this is what we need to redefine. Brilliant. So um, you did you did mention about the blurring lines between the organization boundaries and and the home boundaries lately yeah. with the different work models that are setting up uh, in the industries. Of course, there are some which are essential services and they would continue with the traditional ways of working. But then there are the technology driven and more adaptive organizations that can afford to blur those lines and bring in that environment wherein there's flexibility, but at the same time. Uh, it's a similar uh, performance uh, outcomes that they can uh, deliver uh, at the organization level. But I think somewhere in this whole uh, 
agenda, what people and business leaders are missing out is uh, while the lines are blurring, there has to still be a boundary demarcated wherein people can step back and say, hey, my office hours are over. Now it's time for me to uh, take some me time and, and then come back rejuvenated to work. So uh, do you see any, any interesting um, initiatives that, ha that, have come, that you've come across in the organizations or in your organization specifically, uh, where, where employees are seeing this as a helpful extended support um, to help them uh, understand that where they need to put a stop and where they need to move forward? Yeah. I would like to start with one thing because sometimes, you know, when we talk about it, it comes across very negative, like, oh my God, there is a problem that we have to solve and there is so much exhaustion. All of this is true. And at the same time, we shouldn't forget that the pandemic in this regard has brought so much positive things. Yeah. So we now finally kind of, I would say around the globe can say, oh, working from home actually works. And, you know, virtual working together actually works. You know, is it always ideal? No. But I think it brought that insight even to very, very conservative companies. Yeah, so that's that's amazing. I'm really happy about that because it also helps, you know, to create more equity because it creates more possibility for everybody to participate, apply for jobs, you know, that maybe formerly weren't available because people said, oh, but you need to be here in this office for X, Y, Z hours or at least, you know, no later than X. So I think that's amazing because it creates more diversity, equity, and also inclusion in the workplace. So that's wonderful. At the same time, we need to be cautious because some ways of working also create inequity yeah, because people are not so much visible than others. So how can we ensure and that we will also need to find mechanisms to help working against that? So that's still something to solve. Now, from a boundary perspective, I think, again, it has two aspects. On the one side, I would always encourage every individual to reflect, you know, what are my personal boundaries? Because everybody also has different ways or times, you know, that they're more productive. Some people love to work in the early mornings, other like the later hours. So I think a workplace that provides the flexibility is extremely important. At the same time, as employers, we have a responsibility here. As leaders, we have a responsibility here to say, you know, what's what's still acceptable and what's not acceptable? And how do I also create rules that allow employees to say here, I can also protect myself. So I would say, yeah, is it important to say, look, these are our general office hours? Yes, I would say, of course we need that. Is there exceptions to that that are needed? Yes, there will always be these moments. Um, but at the same time, it's our responsibility to also protect our employees and not kind of open up all the gates and say, you know, you have to be available 24-7 because we need breaks. Yeah, it's important for every person to stay healthy. And I mean, we are human beings. We're not only on the planet to work. You know, there is more to life than that. And I think that's something we also need to honor as employers. Yeah, so you were asking about, you know, creative concepts and interesting trends I've seen. I think I'm a bit more concerned about the negative trend of, you know, just limits going away. And I think, oh, we have to do something about that. And I was quite impressed about some companies who have, for example, said, well, this was a very tough phase now. So for the next X weeks, Fridays are just off. Therefore, you, you know, recharge 
wonderful. What we've done last year when we went, um, or many of us went into holiday break between the one and the other year, we said, remember, vacation is vacation. This means no work. So no emails, no calls. Check who can be the person who's your deputy during that time. So you can really relax and you don't feel like, oh my God, I need to check something. Because every time you check, you're interrupting your break. And this might sound simple, but believe me, it's no longer a given. You know, I see so many people who are constantly on, even though they're on vacation. And that's not good. You know, it's not healthy and it's not sustainable. True that. Um, so, um, we, we, I think we, we've touched upon different aspects in the organization and different levels of uh, employees in the organization. I think one of the most, uh, or the least spoken about, but the most stressed out in the whole organization is your senior top leadership. Uh, wherein the business leaders are constantly uh, engaging and collaborating with the organization at the overall level, but also at the individual level with all their team members to see that they are able to have a sustainable way forward for the businesses. Uh, given that as the background, I think very often business leaders, because as I say, uh, the more you grow and move on the top, the loner, the loner you, get, you become. So. Uh, Given that as the background, I think they are the ones who are uh, the least uh, ones who would ever come up and say publicly uh, uh, in a forum that they are going through a burnout and they need a break. Um, so again, uh, in your experience, uh, do you see that there is a need of a wake up call that these business leaders need at this point of time? And how is it that they can start accepting that at the end of the day, they are also burning out in this whole journey of trying to meet the dynamic change in the environment with the business uh, mm -hmm. outcomes. Yeah, that's a very important aspect. And particularly because at the top, you know, even more you serve as a role model for the rest of the organization. So what you do is something people orient to. Like if you're writing emails over the weekend, that I should also write emails over the weekend and be available. So, you know, I think at least this is what I saw over the last years, you know, that more and more also top level management, I would even say is also allowed to be a human being. You know, we had amazing, courageous leaders who went out there and were just very openly talking about the human side of them. Yeah, whether it's I have family, I have children, and yes, I would love to, I might not be able to go to every school event, but I want to be part of the life of my family and I prioritize that. I'll give you an example, we have an amazing CEO here at Varian who is a wonderful role model in regards to that and it has an amazing impact. And I have been working with leaders, you know, who were like that and I've been working with leaders who were maybe more from the other extreme. But what I always tell them is, you know, if you don't make the choice for yourself, what, by the way, you should also do, because otherwise this is also not sustainable for you and for your family, but do it because you want to do it for your organization, because your people will look towards what you do. And this will create a company culture. This will create expectations that are not healthy. And in the end, you know, if we really drill it down to, what is the end result of it? At one point, it will also show in the results. 
and more and more, and I'm very happy about that, you know, employees are no longer willing to accept that. Yeah, let's be clear, we have a talent market, the talent dictates, yeah, so there's enough opportunities out there. They don't need to work in an environment that they don't want to be part of. So even that also forces people to rethink how they lead, you know, and how they take care of their own health and how they roam on that. Amazing. Thank you, Livia, for sharing all those insights and spending time with us on this podcast. Thank you, everybody. Stay tuned for the next episode of the Hacking HR podcast, and I will see you soon. Thank you and take care. Thank you, everybody, for watching or listening to this podcast. I hope you enjoyed the show. Please follow us on our social media and subscribe to our newsletter so that you can stay informed of all the things that we're putting together for you from the Hacking HR community. Thank you so much. Please continue to stay safe, stay well, stay strong, and we will see you soon.